Welcome to the EventCore 360 podcast, where we explore different aspects of the event industry with experts in the field. Join us on this journey, expand your knowledge, and get inspired. Thank you for joining us today on the EventCore 360 podcast. I'm Lizzie Rudge, the marketing specialist here at EventCore. And I'm Ann Plana, the VP of Strategic Initiatives and Lizzie's co-host. Today's episode features EventCore's CFO and COO, Rachel Seashore. And most importantly, we also have the Executive Director of Dress for Success, Seattle Chapter, Tanya Peck. Dress for Success is a national organization with a mission to empower women to achieve economic independence by providing a network of support, professional attire, and the development tools to help women thrive and work in life. Financial independence is an area of huge importance and something that is a specific passion of Rachel's, which is how we got connected with Tanya. Rachel attended an event where she heard about a clothing drive Dress for Success was running and decided to get EventCore involved. We loved learning about the many ways that Dress for Success is supporting women. It's so much more than just clothing drives. There are many ways to get involved. And like many industries right now, the impact of the pandemic has changed the way Dress for Success operates and surface new needs that women and those who identify as women have. Women are disproportionately affected by COVID, especially women in a lower economic bracket and women of color. We are excited to highlight this organization and the great work that they are doing, which makes a real difference in the lives of people in our community. Well, good morning, Tanya. It's so nice to have you join us today on the EventCore 360 podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Dress for Success and how your experience has evolved over time? I ended up joining Dress for Success as a volunteer career coach. And in that capacity, helped a range of women, whether it was interview prep, for some women creating their first resume because they had gotten to a point where they realized they didn't have a resume and, and helping them to see how their experience does translate into a viable resume, which is a super powerful experience. And then along that way, I was invited to join the staff originally be, as an interim executive director because the organization was going through a transition. And now with the unexpected pandemic, when I joined as <laughs> interim, I was now asked and accepted to stay on as executive director of the organization. What is difference, different between how that position looked before the pandemic to now? I was asked to come on because my background in organization development, the organization had been growing in the, its demands. And, you know, simultaneously, the, the wider organization systems hadn't been keeping up with that growth. So pre-pandemic, I was asked to come in to basically rip, replace, rebuild, strengthen, revitalize every system in the business from bookkeeping to grants management to growing the staff to developing the board. I mean, fill in the blank. There, there was about, you know, a dozen different things. And then, of course, once I arrived, I found about a dozen more that we realized, oh, we weren't even thinking about these, but they're important too. Like, for example, information security. And so actually, I will, I will expand on that one to answer your question about the pandemic. So we went into 2020 with some fitness goals that were around strengthening all these layers of, of the organization in order to be even in greater 
greater service to our mission. And one of the things that wasn't on the game plan when I joined, but I very quickly in my assessment said, this is absolutely has to be a priority, is strengthening our information security. We had a lot of holes in our systems that were putting us at risk in, in multiple different ways. And we were overstayed our welcome on free services that we were, you know, busting at the seams because we were beyond what the capacity of free services can provide an organization. So that was one of the first things that we did is basically do an incomplete overhaul to our information security, strengthening all of our accounts and logins, closing a bunch of accounts that we didn't need, updating all of the passwords and security measures to be consistent and securely in place only for those that need to know them. But part of that was also rolling off of, like I said, a whole bunch of free services and migrating to Office 365. And that that means not only bringing us into the 21st century and all that can be supported through Office 365, but it was also up-leveling everybody's computer, their 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 skills and capabilities on, on managing the business through all these tech services. And we got that in place literally like in the nick of time because then the pandemic hit. Unbeknownst to all of us, it impacts us in many ways. More women need our services, and we can talk more about that, of, of, of how the pandemic has disproportionately impacted women. But it was actually pretty significant for us to have already gone through that migration. I mean, we had some that we continued to do in sort of the first month of the pandemic, so let's call that March, April. But because of that, we were able to immediately get all of our programs and services online. So career coaching, you know, continuing to stay in touch with our referral partners, with our clients, bringing other programs and services online. So any programs that we had, we made them virtual, as well as we found through partners and our own creation, a whole bunch of new programs that we provided. And again, always free, but all online. So that was you know, that's probably the first part of that uh, of that answer, Lizzie, is that the pandemic Im- immediately imposed a lot of challenges that we were more equipped to step into versus step out of, which I think a lot of organizations had to do. They had to take a pause. They maybe even had a furlough. We did no furloughing and we never closed our organization. We did close our front door on March 9th, but we have never closed the organization. So we can talk more about some of the other ways in which we've had to adapt um, and and change from the pandemic. But I think that's a pretty significant piece that we didn't have the foresight of a pandemic, but the foresight we had about the future of the organization served us well when the pandemic hit. I love these, this sort of analogy or these two things happening concurrently, which is you coming in and making every effort to level up the organization. Um, and you, that happened just in time for you to help uh, with the further the mission of helping other women level up to whatever is next for them in an unusually difficult time. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you calling that out, Rachel, because it's something I'm actually really proud of. Going into 2021, I feel really confident that we are in a position of strength and not just survival, but actually excelling in who and what we are and what we're doing, which is why I really appreciate you wanting to amplify what we're doing because we are absolutely here in service to women who are 
like I said earlier, disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. 80% of the jobs that have been lost were lost to women because women are the majority of the service-based jobs. We're hustling to, you know, every job these days, especially in the pandemic, is a tech job because to be any, to be in employed right now is to be able to as much as possible, work remotely, work in a distance way, work in, you know, different demands that are on you. And it requires tech, tech access, tech capabilities. And that is the, where our primary focus is on is getting hardware, software, broadband, internet access, as well as skills and capabilities. And we're actually about to also offer some safe spaces where women can also work because that's the other challenge. It's not about just having the tech. Dress for Success brings to mind the career suit, the going to an interview. But as you just said, Dress for Success is basically a tech company now. Just like uh, <laughs> we all, we all are, are only thriving on the technical um, online aspects of our business right now. But how do you uh, how, how do you relate this? this shift, this need for less physical things uh, like the traditional dress for success clothing and interview wear? How do you how do you talk about translating that to what you need today? Yeah, dress for success implies clothing, professional attire. And while that is definitely still important, and it is definitely our legacy of what got us started almost 25 years ago, the the global organization, it has been a secondary program for us, especially in Seattle, for many years, because our wider mission, our, our mission is for women to achieve financial independence. And the clothing, the the professional attire definitely provides that confidence and that, you know, bringing your full self to an interview and to a job. And, you know, those two programs continue in a, it's no contact, but we find that so impersonal. So we refer to it as suits to go. So we are still providing suits to go for interviews and for employment. So while those programs continue, it's our wider programs on the fuller journey to get to financial independence. So this is like our financial education program in partnership with Capital One. We have brought that online. Our Salesforce administration program that's in partnership with Slalom Consulting and Bigger Boat Consultant, we've brought that online. These programs previously were totally in person. We have expanded, we've recruited more career coaches and all of that is online and that's unlimited, whether it's to talk about interviews, applying to jobs, updating your resume, working through a workplace situation, whether that's a promo, promotion, you know, a new work situation, maybe a conflict, you know, all of that is unlimited to how many times a woman can come and have a always free career coaching session. But again, all online. So all of those programs were in existence before the pandemic, but they weren't all online. And what we did was everything is now virtual and we've added to it. We've added other one-off workshops and presentations like creating your first LinkedIn profile versus growing my LinkedIn profile, how to hold boundaries when now work and home are, are so interconnected, it's hard to differentiate them. What are the do's and don'ts on how to engage in this in this environment and then of course we're offering all sorts of things uh, all sorts of programs of just getting a woman plugged in and more tech capable so we've got some programs that we're developing with microsoft that have to do with really the basics of online and digital working experiences 
to some of the other things we're adding with Accenture that get into some of other industries. But I would say any industry right now requires a foundational level of tech and digital skills. I mean, it absolutely does. I think what attracted me to the organization was, you know, this idea of helping women. I like the way you said, bring their whole self to the interview, you know, to be confident and to to help help be confident when you come to a, a talk in a very, um, what is traditionally a very nerve wracking situation where you, you may not your best foot forward, right? If you can give confidence to someone in that kind of time, what a thing you're doing. How are you getting the message out to your all the people using your services that now it's not just about the interview and the clothing for the interview, but we have all these other digital services and you got to access them differently? Yeah, so that's, that is a really good question. Us going virtual attracted people who previously had challenges getting to us. And this is both for both sister clients as well as volunteers who can provide, you know, programs and services support remotely because we have volunteers that actually don't even live in Seattle who can now volunteer with us. But we also have sister clients who moved out of region, but they're still on our mailing list. And they they write all the time like, oh, is this open even to me, even though now I live in, you know, fill in the blank, you know, other than Washington State. And I'm always like, yes, if you can join at that time, you can join. So yeah, that's been super great. But then there's also the, the sad part is there's this whole other very important part of our community that we need to serve that aren't able to plug in or even are even aware of what we're offering. And it's for a couple of reasons. So they may not have the things I described. They may not have the hardware, the software, the safe space, the the internet bandwidth to just plug in. So even though we put this out across, I think it's eight channels between email, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and then via through our partners, because we also have referral partners and then also program partners. So there's about what we call like eight different channels. But these are all channels that are very tech channels. And so if a woman either doesn't have the tech or she's not in a safe space, or this is the latest one that is the result of school kicking off end of August, beginning of September, is that if she has school-aged children at home, whether she, you know, does she have enough broadband access for everybody to be online at the same time? Does she have enough computers for everybody to be on time? And then even if she does, some of our programs, she just doesn't even just have the, 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 the capacity to plug in because she's making sure the kids are taken care of with school or when they have breaks that she's, you know, available for them. Or if it's in the evening that like maybe now they have some non-digital time. So then she might not want to join one of our evening offerings, you know, because we've tried morning, midday, evening. And I will tell you, there's no perfect, this is the best spot for 90% of the people. There is no such thing. And then, of course, there are the, are the women who have unstable or unsafe housing situations that also makes it hard for them to participate. That has really, it, it speaks to when you say, how do we let women know? It's, you know, the ma- majority of the ways in which we let people know assumes that they are plugged into one of these various channels. And if, and then, you know, the most person to person is them stopping in. But of course, that one doesn't happen now. But our referral partners are also checking in with women 
please also tell tell other women if you meet another woman tell her to get in touch with us whether that's you know calling us or emailing us if you or any of the listeners have other suggestions of other ways we can plug in we are open to it it is it is really hard and my concern is that our economic divide which was already a divide across the gender and then even further divide if you add you know race and ethnicity and then now you add a pandemic which is exacerbating the health and economic crisis, which is hitting not only uh, widening the, the gender divide, but especially if you put the lens of race on it. So we need to find other ways. It's very dramatic. And it's it, and the digital divide is making it even wider, which is why we are so focused on how many women can we get set up with a laptop, with the software, with the skills. We're expanding our tech volunteers so that as women have questions, they have someone they can turn to. So, you know, this is an ongoing learning every single day. It's a learning. If we had somebody listening to this episode that responded to what you were saying and is saying, oh, you know, I, I could use this help. What are some concrete steps they could take to get involved? And do they reach out to us to get in touch with you? You know, how would that work for them? So if a woman is in need of our services, the, the place to start is to check out our site, which is seattle.dressforsuccess.org, where we list all of our programs and services there. They can also write to office at dfsseattle.org. And we're, even though we're a slim staff, we're pretty responsive. It's, it sounds like you guys are doing so many different things. Are there specific needs that you are finding harder to fulfill? Or if maybe some of our listeners, I mean, I'm just thinking opportunity of like, maybe someone has one of those skills that they might be able to fill one of those needs that maybe has been harder to find someone to support generally or even in this pandemic? Volunteers. So time, 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 time. And we have opportunities in person and virtual, but time. And of course, if someone writes to us at volunteer at dfsseattle.org, we can tell them the range of opportunities that are available. And again, they range from virtual to in person. Then very closely related to that is talent. So anything specific to our programs and services. So for example, we've had people write to us and say, you know, I have have deep skills in healthcare management. And I'm like, great, what might we offer to put that out there for women who might want to grow their skills in that area, or maybe they're already in it and could do something. So again, if you have a specific talent, or maybe you might say, my talent is posting things online at consignment shops. That's also useful because we have some things that you might be able to post and turn into money for us. Which brings me to my third one, which is treasure. So I will tell you of our five revenue streams, four of the five are down. Only grants has remained steady, which thank you to all of our grantors. We have amazing grantors. And then the last two ways in which I would call out is space. And that's either, you know, I'm close to hopefully securing a space, but until I have one, I don't have one. So if anyone has a possible space that they can gift us or greatly reduce, and, you know, of course, we're a 501c3, so a tax write-off is possible. But also we need help in prepping for our move or even funding our move. We're looking for individual or corporate sponsors to help fund the cost of our move, which was not planned this year. It wasn't planned for our rent to go up because moving, it will be going up. And it wasn't planned to spend the money on having to, to move. And then lastly, to, to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, 
as much as people can either share, like, or comment, we need the amplification. For as old of an organization as we are, we actually have a surprisingly low but beautiful followers. So we really need to increase that visibility. That's an easy one. Everybody can do that. <laughs> right. If you're listening, you heard it. Let's go. LinkedIn, Facebook, give them a like and follow. <laughs> Please amplify, amplify, amplify. You know, because even we have people write to us and say, you know, I, I can't donate right now. What else can I do? And I'm like, if you follow us and amplify, maybe your friend or colleague can. Sure. You know, and I mean, even $25 donations, I mean, you know, we're, we're, the majority of our spend right now is going towards laptops. So, of course, if anyone wants to gift, gift us gently used or brand new laptops, or if, you know, if they can volunteer as a, as a tech coach. And we have great materials from Microsoft that they gifted us. Yeah, time, talent, treasure, space, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Supporting your organization really does support the the greater good, the the greater equality that we're striving for in this country, and the thing that you know we're all so wrapped up in right now. And I often struggle with how what, what is the right way that's a, what's the most, like most appropriate best use of time. How could I be part of this constructively? This is you're listing a lot of really constructive ways that we can be part of doing something good for social justice. We are absolutely a social justice, social impact organization. So you can interpret that. Hopefully what that does is it tracks people across the party lines because if you share our values, we are, we do have a, a common pursuit here. We have always been about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we have been absolutely congruent in our mission. You know, I embrace it. Anybody that is a feminist can get involved. So men who are listening or people that identify as men, please still get involved. Just because you're not the clientele doesn't mean you can't still participate. So I think that's a wonderful message. Yeah, thank you. Um, Again, just to be mission aligned, we also need to make sure like really are deeply mission aligned and and including we make of in interviewing anyone who has a client facing volunteer role, we really focus in the interview on differentiating help from being in service because help is rank based and not what we have any interest in because that is what's perpetuating, you know, all of the isms, racism, otherism, misogyny, you know, just all of the isms, but rather being in service that we are all equals and we are all in this together. I was so inspired listening to Tanya. I love to hear how there are people who are so passionate about helping others who have been so affected by this pandemic and by situations that arose even well before it. The pandemic has been so brutal (laughs) to so many of us, and I was really moved listening to Tanya's passion and drive around her work. At Dress for Success, they seem to have been hit really hard in so many different ways, even having to find a new building to move into. I love that it's not just clothing for interviews, though though that is so important, but it's also training in areas that are growing and not just entry-level positions. It feels like such the right way to approach this need. Yeah, I really like that. And it, right now in the midst of the pandemic, they've had to become more or less of a tech company, which is astounding. It shows how much this organization really cares about the people they do work for. They really want to see them succeed no matter the economic climate. 
It was eye-opening to hear the needs that they have from volunteers to mentors to, like I said, a new location. So if any of our listeners are interested in getting involved, you can visit the website and our show notes, stressforsuccess.com. And don't forget to like them, follow them on social media and help bring awareness to this great organization. As Tanya said, we are all in this together and we really are. The success of one of us is the success for all of us. Thank you again to Tanya and Rachel for joining us on this episode. And thank you to everyone who listened in. For more information about Dress for Success, check out our show notes. And for more information about our podcast or EventCore in general, please check out our website at www.eventcore.com. See you next time.